0: You're listening to the Craig Underwood Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to episode two of my podcast. My name is Craig Underwood and I hope that today's podcast will help encourage you to live a hope-filled life. Hey, have you ever noticed somebody who just loves their job? What sorts of characteristics would you say they display on a daily basis? You see, one of the great things about my current role is that I get to connect and build relationships with people from all walks of life. We're from, they're from every level of responsibility in the company, um, from the cleaning staff to sales reps to supervisors and managers to senior leadership team members and even the CEO. You see, I'm currently the in-house barista for the number one home builder in WA, and I'm in this unique role of serving the staff and clients who are creating these places and spaces for families to call their new home. It's absolutely incredible. And how I landed the role in this rather unique situation that we're all in with this global pandemic is actually pretty amazing, and I reckon it's such a God thing. You'd think that when I lost my last job due to a severe lack of clientele and the complete shutdown of society, as we all stayed home, we stayed under restrictions. And for the first time in my life, I found myself in a Centrelink queue with tens of thousands of other hospitality workers, that the door that opened to me to start this new role should not have happened. But God is a God of miracles. And I went from an unemployed 40-something with no future prospects and zero government benefits to the best hospitality job that I've ever had. One thing I believe is that the people with the most hope, they have the most influence. When I moved back to Perth from the Gold Coast, you see, I had this call from God to come back home and plant a church. And it was this like it was like a big Bhag, they call them a big, hairy, audacious goal. And this this uh, word from God that this is what I'm gonna do was pretty incredible. But it was Enough of a of a of a thing that happened in our life that we decided that we would move back from the Gold Coast to Perth to do this very thing that God had called us to do. And the first year back, I was in Perth. I, I spent the time just waiting for that to happen. I, you know, was in in a cafe, you know, writing writing journals worth of stuff about strategy and how to plan things. I just spent my time waiting for it to happen. And I found that after a while, what I thought was going to happen within, you know, maybe a month, maybe a couple of months, maybe at least the last, you know, six months, it didn't happen. And so I thought, oh, maybe this is not something that's going to happen straight away. Maybe it's going to be something that's going to happen over time. Maybe I need to build relationships with people. Maybe I need to to grow a little bit more in some things before this happens. Um, but when it didn't happen, I decided that I would just go out and find a job. And instead of going out and planting the church, like is what I wanted to do, I thought what I'll do is I'll do that job as if I am doing what I want to do, which is plant the church. But I want to do that job and do it with great faith until the right time presented itself and the church was planted. You see, the stuff I'm going through right now, I believe they're exactly the right opportunities that I need to learn what I need to learn before I step into what I've been called to do. So with that, I decided that I would get a job. And um, one of the things that I'd done um, in in my life previous to working in churches was worked in hospitality. So for the last two years... I've been working in hospitality roles and I've been doing what I've been doing with great faith. I've um, grown to love the people that I've worked with. Um, I've I've developed friendships with people that um, I would not, would not have connected with had it not been I was working in those roles. And I've decided that even though I'm working in a job that um, I don't necessarily think I'm 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 called to is in my career, my future. Um that I want to look for opportunities in that to inspire and encourage the people that I work with, my bosses, my other co- my other work colleagues. And I've tried my best to be the most encouraging person that I can be in my workplace. And um, you know, some days I wake up and it's a bit like, oh like this is, seems to be going on and on. But I've gone, no, this is what I've got to do. And I've picked myself up and I've gone and I've done it. And that has, that has been my goal. That is what I've been trying to do ever since I've been working in these places. And I really feel like that has been something that is uh, growing and developing me in the areas that I need to grow and develop in for this next season. So one of the things I think about when I think about doing something with great faith, what I think about is faith and faithfulness. It's faithfulness isn't just showing up. I really think that faithfulness is how you think when you show up. See, when you're doing the same thing again and again, over and over, getting up at five o'clock in the morning to get ready to go to work, to do a job that you haven't necessarily been called to do, but you're doing at the moment. Um, When you do that, and you you want to be that sort of person who... Who um who wants to show up with great faith? I really think that um the person with with the most hope. They have the most influence. They they it's almost like they're a magnet and they draw people, to themselves because they just love life and love 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 doing what they do, and uh, because they love doing what they do and they're doing it with great faith and they think differently, they act differently it's like it's a it's a, it, it's a, a draw it draws people to them so much so that they that they grow in their level of influence because i reckon the person with the most hope and the person who's the most encouraging and the most hope definitely has the most influence in an organization and the other thing that i've wanted to and i have aspired to do is to become is to actually attempt to do more what is expected of me in my role you see, another thing I believe is that tomorrow's success really depends on what I do today. And um, if you believe that, it's like you start to think, well, today's important. The way that I go about my day today, even though I'm not necessarily thinking this is the job that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, this is the job that I'm in, in now, but I treat that day and each day differently, because it's not about today, it's about tomorrow, and it's about tomorrow's success. You see, I might just be a barista working for, you know, just over $20 an hour, but, you know, my heart is that I'm actually wanting to to be earning more than just $20 an hour. $20 an hour is, you know, for some people, it's, it's, it's a blessing, and for me, look, this job is an absolute blessing. And it's it's I'm, I'm amazed how it, how it came apart. Like I said, it's a God thing. But um, one thing that I've wanted to do is I've gone, okay, so if I want to be a person who, instead of earning just $20 an hour, wants to be someone who earns more, instead of waiting to be paid more to do the stuff that I want to do, why don't I put... Say like, for instance, $40 an hour, I want to be earning $40 an hour, but I'm only earning just over 20 right? How about I start giving my employer $40 worth of effort per hour, even while I'm still only earning the $26 per hour? Why don't I start thinking and believing that I'm actually, and putting the effort in of working as if I'm getting paid $40 an hour instead of, well, I'm only just going to do what I'm getting paid to do it's above my pay grade i mean that's saying that drives me insane and it was funny because i was thinking about this and i've been thinking about this a lot actually quite lately and I, and um you know this this thing of oh you know what are you doing you're just a barista who do you think you are kind of thing but i was joking the other day um with some of my um work colleagues and i was saying that um i reckon my role should shouldn't just be called in-house barista but I kind of thought that I should be also called an, a cultural architect, and um, as I was sharing, of course, people were laughing, thought it was funny. But um, the the thing about what I was trying to trying to, it was like I was joking, but it was almost like, oh, well, actually, there's something more in this, because I really believe that I'm I make an effort to try and change the culture of my workplace, and I try my be- very best to make it the most amazing place that I've ever worked and uh, cultural architects they're the sorts of people that that change culture they change the culture of an organization and the other thing about a cultural architect is that they charge more money per hour than a barista (laughs) so when I start to call myself that I'm a cultural I'm not just a barista I'm a cultural architect then it's almost like it's a it's a it's a Connection, a click that happens in your mind, where you go, I'm going to start making the effort, more effort per hour than what I'm getting paid, and my focus has shifted from just serving coffee to serving people and being the best person that I can be, and trying to be the most encouraging person, and actually loving them and caring for them, and asking them questions, and and you know I've I've had the opportunity to pray for some of my work colleagues, which has been a, a, an absolute blessing. I've had the opportunity to share stuff with some of my colleagues and and um, and to, to try and create this environment where people come in that they're blown away by the level of service. You know, I want it to be the best cafe that anyone's ever walked into. And that's something that you would start to put that effort in and do more if you have that thought, that process, that you're more than just a barista. And so my, my, my focus has been shifted from um, not just serving coffee but to be someone who is creating that environment where people actually want to be involved with, be want to be be part of, you know, um, I don't, I haven't wanted to wait for that pay increase to perform and work in a greater way, but I've wanted to work as with as much effort as someone who is actually earning more than what I'm currently getting paid. So anyway, that was that was one of the big things that I've. Um, have been have been trying to do of late in work, and um, I've been thinking about it um, just recently, obviously. And I've just off the top of my head, I've written down five things that I can think of that um, are like practical things that you can do in order to 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 to, to try and have that mind shift, um, to 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 make the effort to work in a greater way, to come to work and do that with great faith. And uh, the first one I've written down here is um, one thing that I've I've always wanted to, to aspire to, and it was actually to start off with. It was a thing that I did sort of more out of necessity than um, you know for anything else. But as I did it, I actually found that it put me in the right um, mindset for start of the day, and that is that I made made an effort to actually arrive to work early. Um, One of the jobs that I had way back, way back when, before I went to the Gold Coast, um, I would um, leave home with just the the right amount of time, travel time, to actually get to work exactly on time. And I found that, you know, when you you live half an hour away in traffic, driving through traffic, that, you know, unless you um, have a complete row of green lights and um, you have a perfect run going in you're always going to find that you're running late and so one of the things that I found when I first started my work working at this place was that I I started um, getting uh, pulled over by the police for speeding (laughs) because I was trying to make up time and you know doing doing seven kilometres over the speed limit and things like that in places. And the police were pulling me over. And, and these speeding fines weren't demerit point fines. They were they were the lowest ones you would get. But it just seemed to be a, a season that I'd go through that every time I would try and rush to get there, I would get caught. And it was very frustrating for me. And so for a, pre- a practical necessity, I just made the decision, you know what, I'm going to actually leave home early to get to work early. But when I did that, and I started to leave work 15 minutes early and I would get to work early. I found that actually I was in that right frame of mind when I got to work that it wasn't rushed. I wasn't running in the door, punching the clock in, trying to get there on time to start. But I actually made that effort to arrive early. And uh, I noticed that when I did that and I arrived early, that it, it started to to make me get noticed. Um, and the other thing which, which I've seen other people do and... Um, actually annoys me a little bit. But what, I, what, I, what it is, is that it's the whole thing about being a clock watcher. And, um, you know, people who, who are, have got a role that they're there from seven till three. And yes, you know, they want to finish work when it's time to finish work. But someone who's a, a clock watcher is someone who, you know, it's like 20 to three, and already they've got in the mindset that they, they're wanting to leave, they're wanting to go. And so that last 20 minutes of of time that you should be working is kind of focusing on looking at the clock, watching the clock, and then waiting to rush out the door as soon as the time is up. And that also, I find, is something that people notice too. It's almost like you don't want to be there. You want to be somewhere else. Um, And when I started to to focus less on when I'm supposed to be finished, but, you know, about that time, yeah, it'll finish, but, you know, it's not so much of a clock watching thing. I've found that I've had some of the best conversations I've had with people. They've just been after I've gone to punch out at the end of the day because I'm still present, I'm still focused, even though you know there was five minutes to go before the end of my shift. Um, and so that's been a thing that I think is a real practical way in which to to um, make more of an effort. Um, other thing that I've, that I've learned i, I got, got a book. Um, that I um, I saw in the business section. That um, I think it was Dimex. I was in Dimex, and it's by a guy called Jocko Wilnick. and it's on leadership strategy and tactics. And uh, I got it because I thought, oh, that's a really cool. He's a SAS, I think. No, not SAS. He's a, he's a Navy SEAL from from America, and he's he's written this book about the things that he's learned as a Navy SEAL, and um, it's, it's an amazing book on leadership. Like, it's one of the best, simplest books that I've read on leadership but one of the things that he's mentioned in that that I've tried to implement is that be the first person to put your hand up to tackle the hardest job that no one else wants to do um, instead of avoiding those jobs be the first person to stand up and say yep yeah, I'll do that and do it and I found that when I've done that that people notice um, and also that, it stops that sort of thing of, oh, that thing in this inside your head that goes, oh, there's that job. I don't want to do that job. Uh, and you start to just put it off, put it off. And then it gets to the point where um, it's even worse or someone notices. And it just brings down the whole workplace. So I found that if I've just gone, yep, going to get that job done, get it, tackle the hard jobs that no one else wants to do, that that people notice. Other thing is that um, no matter what I'm doing, I want to be enthusiastic about the role that I play in the organization. And I really want to treat everyone with the same high levels of respect that I want to be treated. You know, it's not that I, you know, want to brown nose with the, with the guys in the senior leadership team, because that's the way that I'm going to get forward in life. But I want to treat the same high level of respect with the guy that comes around and and does the the spraying to to wipe down the surfaces and goes and cleans the toilets and um to the, to the guy that comes to fix the door because the door's broken to to the um to the to the sales rep that comes in and have and has a has a has a meeting with a client and is is frustrated because because things are going on and like I want to I want to treat everyone with the same high level of respect and um and I think that's the thing that gets noticed as well another thing is a way of making it more of an effort, is that I want to seek to make sure that um, the work that I do and the people that I work for, that they're actually successful in what they do. So if I can do anything that I can do to make their job easier, I want to try and do. And it's funny because it's a mindset. You go into the job and you want it to create the best place that you can be in. And you might not actually be receiving the compensation that's equal to your effort. You know, like to do something like that, to be a cultural architect is something that pays a lot more than just doing the job, the role that you want to do. But, you know, I'm, I'm proof that in, with, with my work that in the next role that comes along that the people that they're looking for, they tick every box of the list that I've just mentioned. And, um, you know those sorts of people—the people that I really believe—you know—employers are looking for when they're hiring for their organisation. You know, to be someone who um, is an influencer, someone who who is encouraging and supportive and cares and and actually wants to inspire and and create the best work environment for others around them. They're rare, and they get noticed. Now, in saying this. I mean, I, I wanted to mention the elephant in the room, the big white elephant, um, and that is, you know, I'm living in Perth, Western Australia, and one of the aspects of the culture that really frustrates me is the tall poppy syndrome, um, you know, the whole thing about you stick your head out, and you try and make an effort, and the pack wants to lop your head off and try to keep you humble, that, that, that look there's there's a lot of things in in our culture that have got some really great things going for it but that that isn't one of them you know one of the first organizations that i worked for it had the had this culture of you know the tall poppy syndrome and also the do you know only what is required and um i don't want to say what the organization is but um when i first started working there um, i really wanted to impress my boss you know I really wanted to impress my supervisor. I really wanted to imp- impress people that, yep, yeah, they've hired the right guy for this job. So I worked my my hardest. And I put a lot of effort in to try and finish my work, you know, quickly to the best of my ability. Um, and um, about oh, about three, four hours into my shift, um, some of my workmates pulled me aside and they told me to calm down and just do what's required because I was making everyone else look bad. And it just, it was like one of those things that like, oh, like, (laughs) I'm trying my best to, to, to make this place the best that it can be. You know, I want to have this sort of, this, this standard, this value of excellence, you know, but my motives were questioned. They, they, um, turned against me and, um, I found that that workplace was quite a toxic environment to work in, but, you know, I've, I've grown up to believe that, you know, my future success, it's connected to my attitude, my current attitude and my mindset, whether positive or negative. (laughs) And so I just ignored them and I just kept on pushing ahead. And eventually when I left that place and it was time to move on, my bosses, they tried everything they could to try and make me stay. They wanted me to stay. Um, But, you know, at that stage... I had other opportunities that had opened up elsewhere that were actually more in line with what I was called to be. And so I I decided with them, I said, look, thanks so much. I really enjoyed my time here, but I want to finish well and I, I I think it's time to move on. And so reluctantly they wished me well and I moved on. Um, so that being said, what I wanted to talk about, about this podcast was... Um, you know, what's happened with me, when I've made the effort to do more than what is expected, I've found that there's never a lack of opportunity. Doors open up at just the right time. And um, i fi- I found that what I'm doing right now, it's such a God thing. And um, I'm working my hardest to do what I'm doing well with great faith. And I'm learning that the stuff that I need for the next season that's to come is going to come. And the stuff that I need is, is going to be developed as I, as I just go about doing what I do right now with great faith. Hey everyone, Craig here again. I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I I do understand that time is a very valuable resource. And um, taking 20 minutes or so out of your day to listen to this, I I really do appreciate it. Uh, Thanks so much. If you got something out of this podcast, uh, why don't you click on that subscribe? My goal is that I'll be releasing a, a new episode every week they'll go for as long as i believe it's making an impact in people's lives so if this is actually you're getting something out of this hey why don't you click on that subscribe and then when it when it's released and published you'll get it straight away so until then stay safe and i'll look forward to catching with you next time